We are SC Podcast, Stanford pregame edition. Uh, big game this week between USC and Stanford, the second game of the year, and already this is a, this is a big test, but it's nothing new, USC and Stanford. Uh, for five of the last six years, this has been USC's first conference opponent is the Stanford Cardinal, and they, they have been a, a big rival for the Trojans in recent years. In fact, I mean, Stanford has won seven of the last nine matchups between the two teams, including the last three. So if you are the USC Trojans right now and you're looking to make that statement that, hey, we, we think we are back. We think we are going to be a team that contends for the Pac-12 title and maybe anything beyond that. Who knows? But uh, if, if you want to do that, boy, this test waiting for you on Saturday is a big one. And uh, both teams coming off uh, opening game wins, coming in at 1-0. and And uh, Stanford beat Rice two weeks ago down in Australia, 646 total yards of offense, uh, 13.8 yards per rushing attempt. Uh, but let's face it, Rice was not very good, and that was an overwhelming performance by the Cardinal. Uh, the Trojans, 49-31 to victors last week over Western Michigan, 521 yards for the Trojans. But if you ask many USC fans this last week, the focus is going to be on the Trojan defense because Western Michigan was able to run the ball uh, and establish that part of their game. And so when you're taking that and you're looking ahead to what Stanford's going to do, that is how a lot of people are looking as the key matchup. How does the Trojan defense, particularly the run defense, match up against the Cardinal on offense. Uh, it's a typical Stanford offensive line. They're big. They're veteran. They have three seniors down there, including a senior center, Jesse Burkett, who is a candidate for the Remington Award. Um, they are big. They are physical. They're going to bring in multiple tight ends at times. Dalton Schultz is a guy at tight end that USC recruited. Uh, Colby Parkinson, a true freshman, got some action last two weeks ago, and uh, he was also a big target at Oaks Christian. But this is what they do. They come in and lean on you. They get their running backs going lately. It's been Christian McCaffrey. And so how does USC respond? L last week, a lot of two down lineman sets. Um, let's see if that's get adjusted. I know that'd be the wish of a lot of USC fans. Cameron Smith did not play in the first half. Things did get better in the second half for the Trojan run game, particularly in the communication. That's the area that a lot of people are looking at. That inside linebacker, Mike inside linebacker, that's who calls the defensive signals and gets everybody set. And so with Cameron Smith now back in that role, that's a three-year veteran, as, as much of an anchor as we have in this defense. And so getting everybody lined up, some of the gap assignment issues that Clay Helton talked about this week as being a cause of some of the missed tackles that went on. You hope to get some of that stuff cleared up uh, in this game with Cameron Smith back there. But that's not going to be everything. It's going to be it's a big man on big man football. So how does that USC defensive line match up uh, against the Cardinal offensive line? That, that's going to be just an absolutely huge thing to watch in this game. Stanford, again, we mentioned they do have two running backs that they do. Bryce Love has pretty much taken over as the lead guy uh, for Christian McCaffrey. Love is a known guy, uh, a lot of speed. We've seen him before, and uh, so he just adds a different dimension maybe than the Cardinal had in the past. And then Cameron Scarlett is their second back. He's more of that thumper type, so uh, they do have the thunder and lightning, if you will, their version of it. And then uh, out at receiver, they have a guy that USC fans have been following recruiting in the last several, year, several years. You're definitely familiar with Trent Irwin, who was out at Hart. Har high school. Uh, it's no surprise to those who followed him that he has become a leading receiver uh, up there for Stanford. And then their trigger man, uh, Keller Christ. Uh, he, he's a good one. He's been around for a while and hasn't always won the starting job, but uh, boy, following him in high school up at Palo Alto, right across the street from the Stanford campus, he's a good one and it doesn't surprise to see him uh, in this role now. One of the matchups I think is going to be interesting with Trent Irwin, who we mentioned. Trent Irwin against Iman Marshall. Those two played seven-on-seven -seven football together. They know each other's games really 
well. And so how does Biggie match up and slow down Trent Irwin? That's going to be a fascinating matchup to watch. And then flip it over to the other side of the ball. I think it's going to be so critical in this game for USC to get the run game going. Um, we saw a one-two punch, if you will, last week with Ronald Jones uh, and the freshman Stephen Carr. And uh, Clay Helton referred to it this week, said, boy, they were dynamic as a one-two punch. The offensive line did well. Six rushing touchdowns on the day, one by Sam Darnold. But it was the second half when the offensive line, particularly in the fourth quarter, the offensive line kind of took things over. The running game took things over and helped deliver the victory and, and close it out. And that's what Clay Helton says that he wants to see. He also said, hey, we want to be balanced on offense, but we're going to play to, the, to our strengths. I think this is one of those weeks that if you are going to look to swing the balance a little bit more to the running game, this could be it for a lot of different reasons. Western Michigan last week controlled the ball for 35 minutes, and USC had it for 25 minutes. And if you're going to look to do that this weekend, you want to slow the Stanford offense down because no one – extends drives as well as they do. Uh, Clay Helton yesterday calling them the masters at, at third down execution because they always get such short third down opportunities based on what they do on first and second down. That comes from running the football. And so would love to see USC do that just a little bit more to help control the clock maybe than what we saw last week. I mean, Stanford is strong up the middle. This is a very experienced defense. All juniors and seniors in the starting lineup. That, that's experience in college football. And they got the big man Harrison Phillips right there in the middle. We know him well. We've seen him. Uh, Sean Barton, middle linebacker. Brandon Simmons back there at safety. Like we said, a very experienced group. The guy that I like a lot is number 34, their outside linebacker, Peter Kalimbaye. Uh, he's a good one. And so getting him coming, preventing him from coming off the edge and getting at Sam Darnold, th this is all just key. But would love to see Ronald Jones, Stephen Carr, just steady doses of them. Daniel Imator Bebe at tight end should be back a little bit. He saw a little bit more work in practice. Uh, Clay Helton specifically talking about the, the contributions that he made to the run blocking last week. And so we can get a little bit more out of Daniel. Tyler Petit had three catches last week. Use the tight ends. Basically model what Stanford does with getting some multiple tight ends out there to help create that physical mismatch. Would love to see that part of the game. And then it's going to be real interesting to see what happens with the wide receivers. There were growing pains last week for the USC wide receivers. Deontay Burnett, he had his usual good game. You know Deontay's going to be there. Steven Mitchell had some catches early, didn't really see him the rest of the game. Tyler Vaughns, how do we see this young man kind of rise up and, and get a little more action? And then keep an eye out for the freshman Joseph Lewis. A lot of people call him Jody Lewis. Uh, we're a number one Got in the game last week, had a really good week of practice, and Helton talking about this is one of these kids who the light has finally clicked on for him uh, after a month of fall camp. Uh, not a long time for a true freshman. But Joseph Lewis is one of the few guys that uh, the Trojans have who can extend the field, who can get deep, and he's also a 220-pound body. And so don't be surprised if he gets more action. But there's been so much conversation in fall camp about, boy, how, do, how fast can these young wide receivers get up to speed, help develop that whole wide receiver group in terms of their timing with Sam Darnold so that Sam Darnold can be as effective as can be? We didn't really see it last week. We saw some drops. But the one thing that Clay Helton indicated, he goes, I love the fact that Sam Darnold kept his trust in the receivers, even with four drops early, even with some miscommunications going on. He goes, he kept on throwing to, to every wide receiver, whoever was open. And by the end of the day, he had completed passes to 10 different wide receivers. Because obviously, 
The biggest difference between this game and last year's game is that Sam Donald is a starting quarterback for the Trojans, whereas Max Brown was a starter when we went up to Palo Alto last year. So Sam's going to be the X factor. It's kind of interesting. Last week he completed 23 of 33 passes, didn't you know 275 something in that range yards, but didn't have any touchdown passes. Did have one touchdown run, and so there was some speculation: was that an off game for Sam? You know, by his standards, is that what he could be? Um, but if you if you go 23 for 33, if you toss in those uh, four drop passes, all of a sudden 27 for 33, and the Trojans did run for six touchdowns. And Clay Helton made that point. Sometimes you're going to throw for touchdowns, sometimes you're going to run for them. We ran for six in that game, and Sam had one. So, yeah, he didn't have a throwing touchdown, but as a team player that Sam is, he's not going to have any arguments with the offense putting up six touchdowns total on the day. But all of us wouldn't mind seeing a little more crispness in the passing game, a little more execution, and Sam Darnold is going to be the key to, to that. If he can make that happen against the Stanford defense, get that running game going a little bit more, that could be the biggest tonic that we see. So, boy, for those who love when bigger games are at the stake, you, you, you can't fake that this one – just brings a little more juice than maybe uh, an SC Oregon State is going to bring or even an SC Western Michigan last week. Uh, this is the number six team in the country versus the number four team in the country. And this is a team that has given the Trojans fits yesterday, and they're going to be talking physical football. When you throw on that Trojan helmet, physical tough football is supposed to be part of the equation. And so let's go out there and enjoy this one and see what happens because it should be a lot of fun. I particularly, let's keep an eye on that Trojan defense, see what they bring in that front seven, how they match up. Going to be a big time key to this game. Okay, for the rest of this podcast, uh, coming up next is going to be myself, Johnny Kern, and Greg Katz talking about what we've seen in practice this week. After that, it will be an interview with Porter Gustin, talking about what he looks forward to uh, in this matchup. And then Kevin Bruce will give us his defensively speaking, and you know Kevin is ready for this one as a former linebacker for the Trojans in the John McKay area. And then era. And then finally, uh, we'll have Randy Taylor breaking down some recruiting notes, who he saw last week, some thoughts on uh, some of the star players from the modern-day Bishop Gorman game, and then who he plans on seeing this week. Enjoy the rest of the podcast. Gary Paskus, Johnny Curran, and Greg Katz taking a look back at the week of practice for the Trojans. And obviously, guys, one of the big points of emphasis this week was the physical nature of, of practice. Coming out of the Western Michigan game, I don't think anybody, USC coaches, players, or fans, was content with what you saw from a physical level, uh, specifically on the defensive line. And so, Johnny, just anything you saw this week that you kind of thought, uh, okay, I like seeing that, or anything that stood out to you about that, that element of the game? Yeah, definitely. I think the defense definitely – came out angry this week you know they were they were definitely getting definitely getting a little chippy with the offense yesterday playing a little more physical I think that's definitely what you want to see coach Helton definitely seemed pleased at actually with the way the defense came out this week um, so we'll see if that translates over obviously it seemed like there were some other things going on with the defense last Saturday and, and you know coach Helton brought up their alignment issues um, and everything like that. So we'll see if some other changes are made as well. But I think in terms of their attitude and the physicality, I think we saw everything you'd want to see out of the defense coming into this week off that Western Michigan game. Uh, Greg, just to get it started, uh, and I'll let you finish your thought in a second, but I want to ask you, I know you were talking to Cam Smith after practice. I think I think everyone would agree, Cam Smith being inserted in the starting lineup from day one, going to have a big impact. What was he saying about that? Well, you know, uh, Cam was uh, – very intense you know you can tell that this guy is the head of the body on defense and he said he was extremely looking forward to playing Stanford he said Stanford in all actuality was is his favorite game of the year and I asked him is it because you're from Northern California 
He said, no, it's, 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 when you play Stanford, they play to the whistle. He says, they are so smart. He says, it's a real challenge, and I love the physicality of it. Uh, so I have a sense that when Cam is in there, he sets a tone of, I don't know if anger is the right way, but definitely intensity. And I, and I actually uh, took great comfort in, in seeing that because you can read it in his eyes. Uh, if I could, um, you know, the thing I took away from practice is because I watch like many of uh, many of our listeners do, you know, the replay of the games and stuff. And I was interested in practice, although I cannot talk about it per se specifically, what changes they would make uh, based on, you know, two down linemen and that sort of thing. Because I think that we all saw that Western Michigan <laughs> took a big advantage of that. But they're going to play Stanford now, and Stanford's a whole different animal. So, uh, although I'm not going to discuss what I saw, uh, I think what will make it interesting for me personally at the game will see how what they did in practice and how Stanford reacts to it uh, when they actually play. The one thing we know, no difference what defense they're in, Stanford is going to be physical, and they're going to try to intimidate USC. There's no doubt about it. I, I thought the game, the, the practice on Tuesday that we saw was interesting, uh, specifically the, the, the one-team drill over on Brian Kennedy Field, when, when we saw a couple different dust-ups uh, going on. And Coach Helton's reaction afterwards, there was no ounce of, boy, I'm disappointed in that from the coach. And I thought for, for a guy like Helton especially, I thought it was interesting. To me, that was a recognition of, kind of what was needed for this week. You, you want those guys getting a little chippy and a little pissed off. And he frankly said the words, he goes, hey, I, I like seeing that. I want them to be on the edge. Because I think a lot, like you say, a lot of the listeners and a lot of people who saw the game on Saturday didn't feel like the USC defense was on the edge for that game. And so that was probably my biggest takeaway was that little thing from Helton going, hey, you know, in many ways saying, I kind of liked it. And that was a refreshing, honest evaluation from Helton. Right, and I think the fans would <laughs> would agree with Helton on that from – judging by what they saw this past Saturday, it didn't seem like the USC defense that I think we were all kind of expecting to come out against Western Michigan. And so I think if they would have come out this week and just been, you know, there would have, there was no passion about them or anything like that, I, it, we, I think there would be some negative feelings going on this week um, from the fans and the media. But they, like I said, you got to give them credit. They did come out with the attitude that you wanted to see out of them. They were not happy. They were angry they were hitting you know harder than you know i think we saw against western michigan and they were definitely physical and definitely looked angry so like like i said before well it'll be interesting to see what other changes are made uh to combat this very physical stanford team so um but they did come out with the right attitude without a doubt you know i i think this whole thing about stanford is really the biggest gut check of the year because they're going to play other physical teams like Notre Dame down the line. It's probably going to attack them in a similar way. And this is really, to me, the gut check of how physical are you going to play and how violent, we've heard that term, that we have a violent defense, just how high a level are they going to play of intensity so that we can all sit there and say, wow, that's what we thought we were seeing in practice. That's what we thought we saw in the spring. And they've really got to come out this time. If they, if they cannot sustain it against Stanford, it's not going to be out about alignments. It's going to be about heart. It's going to be about how bad do you want this one. I can tell you one thing. Coach Helton wants it. He was so animated today in practice. He said a few things that caught everybody's attention. That we don't normally hear from Clay Helton. <laughs> no, it wasn't all faith, family, and football. But let's, you, Those of you that have been on a football practice field, you know when a coach gets a little excited. He was excited, and I'm hoping that it translates to 
his entire team. That's what's important, not just the defense, but the entire team. And, and, and that's what I would take away from practice this week, and Johnny, you kind of alluded to it, is that if you were hoping to see that this week, if you were hoping to see the sign of life, uh, we did see it. Now let's hope we see it on Saturday continuing, but in terms of what happened in practice this week, that was very encouraging. Let's hope it continues on Saturday. Porter Gustin, what have you seen from the Stanford offense on tape so far? Um, you know, it's only been one game, but it's uh, you know pretty consistent with last year. So, um, you know, they got a couple new guys on the line, and, and I think they, they played really well together in, in that first game. So, um, I mean, you know, They'll be, they'll be running the ball, and they'll be good at it, like always. So, Any interesting twists, losing McCaffrey, putting in Love and Scarlett? Any interesting things you're seeing so far? Uh, you know, it, we haven't seen you know, too much of Love. He played quite, quite a bit last year, but not as much as McCaffrey. But I think um, you know, he's a great back. He really hits the hole hard. He's got a lot of power and a, a lot of explosions. So I think he'll you know, be tough to deal with. In terms of what their offensive line does well, obviously it's only one game, but this is a typical Stanford offensive line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, the guys that, you know, maybe they didn't start last year, but they for sure got experience, and they uh, they look like they know what they're doing. And Dalton Schultz and Colby Parkins got a little action stuff. They had multiple tight ends as well, typical Stanford look. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, you know, they do a good job at, at what they do, and, and you know, they're, uh, you know, dual threats. They're, they can block and they can, you know, run routes like receivers. So that's, that's something we're going to have to, you know, really, really, you know, emphasize and, and, and try to stop. How do you like having a test like this so early in the season, such a big game? Oh, you know, I love it. Uh, you know, I welcome the competition and just, uh, you know, being, you know, being, being part of a big game and, and, you know, just having, you know, just thinking about the competitive environment all week and really, it really helps me, you know, focus on the little things, the details and really, um, you know, elevate my game. And with Stanford being known, hey, every time Stanford and SC line up, it's big boy physical football. Coming off of last week when there was some wondering about, yeah, hey, how is the defense doing? Is it a little chance to get back in there and test yourselves against Stanford? Is that something the defense is looking forward to doing? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, um, uh, Western Michigan, that's a, that's a good ball team down there. And it, I think it was, um, you know, good to have them as our first game and, and uh, you know, to, to test us a little bit and see where, um, you know, maybe we need to step it up a little bit and, and, you know, they, they were definitely able to do that. And I think it's, uh, you know, going to benefit us in the future. How was the message from the coaches this week in practice? Um, you know, just uh, you'd be mentally sharp. Uh, you know, Stanford, they got a lot of things going on. And you really have to, um, you know, get, they got a lot of things going on fast, too. So you really got to know where, where you need to be in every play and, and just, uh, you know, be ready for it and react quickly. Finally, last question. Your thoughts on what happened last week with Jake Olson? Oh man, it's amazing. Um, you know, kid's been out here every day. He sits in meeting rooms. He knows, you know, has every answer to every question. And um, you know, he puts in a lot of hard work. I see him lifting in there all the time. So uh, um, he, he definitely deserved the opportunity. And you know, he got it, nailed it. So you know, that's that's awesome. Appreciate your time, Porter. Good luck on Saturday. Thank you, Kevin Bruce. Kevin, USC Stanford coming up this weekend. Uh, this is big man on big man football. Give us your thoughts. Yeah, well, there it is. Uh, you, you just said it, and frankly, I'm excited about that. It, it's time to uh, you know put the big boy pants on. Let's get out there and play USC football, and any other version other than what uh, you know we've you know worked long and hard to have a reputation and well earned reputation uh, would be uh, frankly, uh, it's time to to get focused on Stanford and get the job done. We, we've 
you know, been close a few times uh, with Stanford. We've had a, a couple wins, but essentially they've, uh, you know, already had the, the formula. And uh, in the past, we haven't matched up well. And I, I would say one of the great benefits from last Saturday's uh, Western Michigan game is that, is that it prepares us well for Stanford. We now, as a result of that game, know where we had some deficiencies, both in personnel, alignment, communications, double underscore that word. The communication uh, faults were uh, extreme, especially in the first half last week. That cannot happen against a team like Stanford. Quarterback will be opportunistic. Uh, the running backs are, are outstanding, as per usual. The offensive line is going to take care of business, and it's up to our big men to take care of their big men uh, on on our defense. Um, get off the blocks, beat the beat our uh, the one-on-one blocking. Uh, Stanford, ironically, for such a large offensive line, does a lot of cut blocks, and they reach and cut. And as a result, you got to get them out of your, off your legs and get, you know get get up, get moving. Uh, otherwise, you create these big gaps, and those running backs are just extraordinary in taking advantages uh, advantage of those running lanes. Tight end uh, is always a, a, a key uh, component for a Stanford offense. That's why they carry six on the roster, one of which is a John Mackey uh, watch list um, candidate. So they're very good. Offensive center, very good. This is this is the uh, uh, the the player that's going to make a lot of line calls for Stanford. Well, you know what? We need to anticipate that and give them some different looks. I know uh, Coach Fendergast has, has got some things working that, that's going to help uh, adjust our alignment relative to uh, St- Stanford's uh, positioning along the off- offensive line, including jumbo packages, their unbalanced lines that they run a lot, their motion. But one thing Stanford does particularly well is run a screen, draws, and some misdirections. So you have to be very careful. That's one of the reasons why you have to be very gap uh, uh, disciplined. One, two, you cannot get reach block or cut. Uh, and if you are, if you do get cut, get up off the ground, get moved fast. Get, you know, get off your get off your knees and, and get moving. Get, keep your feet moving. If you do that, then that's just going to you know put another hand, arm, helmet, whatever, on a ball carrier and cut down a running lane, and we're going to be much more effective this week by you know, applying those fundamentals to what happens in the box. This game may look like it's a perimeter game, but it's going to be you know, played largely at the line of scrimmage. And it's going to be fun to watch. And I, uh, unlike some others, I'm, I'm very optimistic. I have to tell you, I, I like where uh, the team um, has been practicing. I like the tempo. Uh, from what uh, what I've heard and, and what little bit I've uh, been able to see uh, from you know other other sources, and it tells me that uh, you know what the, the lessons from Saturday won't be wasted, and we should be able to apply them well to Stanford uh, this Saturday. The other piece that's very different. I went back and looked at last year's game, uh, at, you know some of the you know notable plays. One of the big changes, uh, yeah. Defense, uh, defensive personnel, there's some similarities and some major changes. But the biggest change is Sam Darnold in offense, all right? And I got to tell you, uh, if that doesn't cause uh, Stanford to get a little bit uh, uptight, uh, they're not paying attention, and I know they are. They're, they're a very well-coached, well-disciplined football team. Um, what they do is, uh, I frankly, I respect it, and I also believe that uh, we can defeat it. Let me give you a couple. I just want to ask a couple of specific personnel things. Obviously, you talked communication earlier. Uh, Cam Smith will be there in the first half. 
Uh, he will be there for the whole game. Do you think then that that can have as big of an impact, um, him being in there in terms of the assignments and everybody getting lined up straight? That was Jordan Iasefa's first shot at it. Not Jordan Iasefa is going to be a fine player. But having Cameron Smith back in the lineup, does that take care of some of the issues in your mind? It does. It it. it... It has to, because that's one of the reasons he's in the position he is. He was moved from Will to Mike for, for that very reason, because the Mike position uh, in the box is the one that has the best view of how to make the calls, uh, not just the line calls, but the you know, linebacker calls. And some of those calls go out into the secondary through um, through the safety to the cornerbacks. The cornerback calls are uh, they're slightly different, but you know, let's just kind of go with that one. That does help now look one of the issues might be when cam's not in the game for what any for any reason now who's taking that role on okay that's well practiced uh but it, it you know it needs to be embraced now from my perspective cam smith is, is an every down linebacker i think he plays pass coverage extraordinarily well he plays in space very well he may not have the the closing speed of some others, but look, he's not slow. One, two, his lateral movement is very good, and he can backpedal for a tall man. He backpedals beautifully. That sounds crazy. What do you mean backpedal? Well, that's how you get to your pass uh, uh, drop zone, right? And if you can't backpedal or you backpedal standing up, uh, you're going to have a problem. He breaks down beautifully. you got to watch the techniques. The, 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 he just brings that kind of game. That's frankly why he's a preseason All-American, and he's that important to this defense, especially at this time of the season. Give me a couple names down front without talking any schemes or anything. Um, give me some guys for the fans to watch in this game. Who do you think could be key for USC folks to watch? Nwosu, we got to get some uh, edge pressure. We need to make sure that off the edge we, we have more than a one-on-one block taking care of our edge uh, uh, players, and Nuoso in particular, so that he can put pressure on the quarterback because they are going to run play action. So that's that's one position that I would uh, I would dial in and just make sure watch uh, that one because I, I, I just that is extraordinarily important for um, how effective our defense is going to be on third downs and then I would combine that to this it may not be a, a name to watch it's a position to watch and it's essentially our one or three technique or call it a nose tackle or the inside defensive tackle. That position, who's ever manning that role, has got to make sure they do not get one-on-one blocked, ever. They have to demand one to two blockers on every play and control the A-gap, which is on either side of the center. That's mandatory. If we can't control that, it's similar to baseball. Baseball, what is it? Up the middle, you have to be strong catcher, pitcher, second base, and center field. In football, it is really very much the same thing. That whoever is, is manning the A gap has that responsibility directly has got to make sure that happens. I'm not going to use names because, frankly, I think you're going to see some different players uh, rotating in and out in that role. Here with Randy Taylor to talk some recruiting segment. Uh, Randy, first of all, let's get into this. Who did you go and see last week? So I, I was lucky enough to go see Servite play uh, American Fork out of Utah. Uh, that was my first game. And Servite's loaded with athletes. Their their defensive backfield, probably all of them will play Division One football. Um, McDuffie's a talented kid who's just a junior. Uh, Julius Irvin, every time I see him, gets better and better at the safety position. I think he's uh, he's a guy that could play as a freshman. 
uh, Trujillo is a kid that's it's you know he's a, not a huge kid, but he's athletic and, and can play receiver and DB. Uh, who else the heck did they? Uh, Delon Hurts a nice looking sure. kid. Sure, does it, you know is a good player. So they're loaded with players, and they have guys that can come in and play. Dominic Wingfield is a is a good guy, you know, athletic kid that can play. So uh, a lot of talent on that team, especially in the O line or excuse me, in the defensive backfield. Uh, so it was they were fun to watch. American River has a quarterback who's going to be a who's an LDS kid who will end up uh, going on a mission, but probably has as much arm strength as anybody in that I've seen in, in Southern California or in California altogether. Wow. And Bronson, Bronson Barron. And, uh, but uh, you know, the mission thing always kind of throws, uh, especially quarterbacks, it throws schools for a loop. But, uh, and they're pretty good. Uh, Servite handled them pretty easily with their athleticism and, and, uh, you know, all of those, you know, Lytle's the linebacker that's a talented kid. So they're just loaded with players. And, and think about it, Randy, they're loaded despite losing, you know, Ford and Ray to Orange Lutheran. Those yeah, are two legit yeah, players exactly. as well. <laughs> yeah, no question. And what's good is it, it benefits some of these kids who would have been playing behind them. You know, there's really not a tight end that, that is like Ray or and he can play defense too. And, and then Ford is, is special. Uh, so they obviously lose, you miss those kids, but it's given these other kids a chance to, to show up, and they've got talent and depth. So let's see who else. So I saw Alamany play Jay Sarah. Okay. Uh, saw the, uh, they've got a, an interesting receiver at Jay Sarah, Tariq Luckett, who's a junior, who is one of those kids that, that's not fast, not track fast, but he's got a good body length. And, Catches the ball well. He's a junior. Will be uh, will be a, a top recruit in the area. Um, yeah, the McLean brothers, uh, Munir McLean, is, is plays receiver, and he's just a six four, two hundred pound kid that just overwhelms smaller players. Uh, and then they got a real a, a kid number three, the brother of Dual Malik McLean. Uh, Munir, excuse me, is a junior. Abdul uh, is a senior and plays defense. And he's a guy that's got big lower body that could put some weight on and might be a guy with his hand in the ground that uh, could be tough to, to block. So that's, you know, it's a good football team at J. Sarah. Uh, Alamady's got a Division One 2019 offensive lineman that I liked. Uh, Young guy by the name of uh, Devon West or Donovan West is a good player. You plant tackle, he'll move inside the guard. But so I just got to see some good schools and good games, and uh, uh, yeah, another eventful weekend for me. Uh, and finding some more kids that, that uh, are a little bit under the radar too that are going to be good. Right. I want to. I want to talk about a couple a uh, couple underclassmen that we saw. I, I did go to the modern day Bishop game. And uh, obviously, JT Daniels did, did have a very good night throwing the football. But there was two juniors who I thought really stood out for modern day. And I want to get your opinion on Brew McCoy and Mace Funa. Yeah, they're, they're no-brainers. Uh, the thing I like about Funa is he already has technique. And, and for a defensive end, uh, you know, he's able to, to 
be able to flip his hips, and that's usually used the term used for defensive backs to be able to turn and run. But when you're pass rushing, and, and they kind of call it well, getting skinny or whatever it might be, he's got that ability to to hit hit you with his left hand. He's usually on the left side. Get his left hand on your shoulder pad and, and get his hips flipped, you know, so that he can get around you easier and, and have a straight shot at the the quarterback. The other thing I love about him is he's kind of I like to call a Doberman. You know, he's one of those guys that that sticks his foot in the ground and can redirect. You remember the movie Remember the Titans, right? Sure. There was a scene in that movie where where the the one defensive end, uh, the kid that didn't get the uh, hurt in the accident, uh-huh. that kid on a play he sticks his foot in the ground, and they have a, a great sh- a shot of him kind of changing his direction and it's really that was realistic about what these kids have to do and this guy does that easily and he's a motor guy i love him and it, the other thing about him is when he tackles you there's not extra yards <laughs> no you're, you're tackled you know right and, right. and mccoy's special athlete uh could play either side of the ball you know and he, and he does things like you know another kid who and Fluna had 10 tackles and two for loss in that game against a really good team, McCoy had 143 yards receiving, you know, and a couple tackles. And he's just one of those guys that has length and athleticism to run, who is a special player that, uh, you know, both those kids you, you, you can watch from the first time they get out there on the field and, and you know they're going to be good players. So that was fun to watch them and uh, uh, really like uh, – like Funa, probably uh, it just keeps going up and up in my my category. Yeah, uh, in my list, you know, Daniels is is what he is, and you know, it's not like uh, Dorman didn't have a good quarterback. Oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, but Daniels stood out, and Daniels was the guy that uh, that did uh, did what he had to do. Hey, one kid I didn't want to forget that served by Titus Toller. Okay, is another junior who is really going to be a good player. Uh, he's kind of a corner, but looks to me like a hard-hitting safety. Not real big, maybe 5'11", 6 foot, but uh, I didn't want to go without mentioning Titus. I, I'm sure Titus appreciates that. And I'll tell you who had some good uh, some good young DBs was Modern Day. They, they got a bunch of sophomores back there. Yeah, they the, do. The yeah, that, go ahead. No, I was going to say, check in with them as they're going along, because the, the, there were some good ones back there. Well, Elias Ricks may be the best. Uh-huh. He's, the, he's the sophomore. Yeah. Right? The, the safety is about a 6'1-ish kid. Still lean, you know, but he's an elite elite player. Um, I'm trying to think of some of their other kids. Doriel Green. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they have four sophomores in the defensive back rotation. Um, and I'll tell you what really impressed me. You mentioned the the Gorman kid who's going to UCLA. Randy, that that modern day defense beat him up, yeah. And and he kept on coming, and I was standing on their sideline a lot, and he was the only guy there with any energy in the fourth quarter. It wasn't a lot of energy, but but he was the only one out there getting everyone going. So I, I tip my hat to him for that one. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, he's a talented kid. I've watched him, seen him at some uh, elite eleven stuff, and and he's a good player. But uh, there's no team that's that's as talented that I can see as, as modern day. And, and even in the offensive line with Tommy Brown and, and they're just so talented and deep and, 
uh, it's just fun, and, and Coach Rollinson's a fun guy to be around, so I always like going over there. I always usually spend extra time when I go to see those guys. They've got another kid that's coming up, Miles Murrow, uh-huh. M-U-R-A-O, who's a sophomore lineman, uh, who's really going to be good. So that, that's the, the rich get richer, like they say. Isn't that the truth? So who's on the agenda for tomorrow? All right, so actually i got games tonight, so I'm okay. going to go to Pacifica High School. They've got a really athletic quarterback there named Jefferson and a, a hair-on-fire linebacker, Isaac Togolia, Togia, Togia, you know, I don't know how to pronounce it. But anyway, uh, see them at practice, and then I'm going to go see Warren, who has some players, and they're at Buena Park, who loses a lot, lost a lot of kids, but they still got some athletes there the Allen kid and some of those other guys. So I'll see them, and then I'll go over to Tustin. Uh, you got to, you know, I, you have to see Myron Miller every time you go down to that, sure. to that city. So I'll see Tustin against Notre Dame, uh, Riverside. Okay. And uh, so you know, get, and then tomorrow, uh, tomorrow I'm going to be out uh, in the Inland Empire, Etowanda, Centennial, uh, and then uh, I'll see uh, somebody plays Santiago, and I'm drawing a blank. But uh, so I'll be out in that Corona uh, Rancho Cucamonga area. 